Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It's our podcast we use to uh, race report, an event that we uh, just attended, the one we're talking about this particular show, the USPKS finale, the uh, Carolina Grand Prix from GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. It's episode 86 of the Debrief, Wednesday, October the 20th. My name's Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, who was trackside all weekend. He'll do the heavy lifting today. Before we get into the meat of it, uh, let's introduce the presenting sponsor for today, Team TKG. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the regional, local, and national levels, including the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and United States Pro Kart Series. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Kart Republic chassis and IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. Again, Trinity Carding Group, our presenting sponsor of this edition of The Debrief. David Cole, we're talking USPKS, the finale, another massive event down at uh, GoPro Motorplex. The event held October 15th, 16th, and 17th this past weekend, capping off uh, an eight-round series, uh, yet another trip down to GoPro. Another, yeah, ninth time yeah. to GoPro in the nine-year history. So every year, the uh, United States Pro Kart Series has been around, has visited the GoPro Motorplex, actually was the inaugural event when it was the Mooresville Motorplex, as we talked about in the outlap. Uh, yeah, GoPro has kind of been the unofficial home of the series with it, you know, with that, with, you know, and, and being there all nine years uh, of its history. So it's... Uh, it's kind of fitting to end there. Uh, ended there last year in 2020, and then also this year as the finale. Uh, you know, last year was kind of due to the COVID. We had to re, you know, kind of scramble the schedule around a little bit, and uh, and then they uh, they kept it as the finale this year. So, uh, and then as you said, you know, it's been a, a record breaking season. Uh, for the yeah. GoPro Motorplex, or you know, for the uh, United States Pro Kart Series, yeah, exactly. The USPKS GoPro as well. Let's be real; that track is 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 hopping. Um, interesting thing, David. Of course, of course, I, you know, I was back home following the action, watching your one minute flat videos to start each day, seeing all the social media. Seems like you almost couldn't have had much better weather. I know a little cooler on Sunday morning, but it looks like the weather was fantastic for you guys. Oh, perfect conditions all weekend long. Uh, Friday was, it just felt like it was summertime. Felt nice. like we were there in July without the humidity. Uh, very warm. Uh, you know, it was uh, unseasonably warm, really, because it's, it is October and it, and it felt like we were there in July. Uh, Saturday, it was uh, a little bit cooler, more in the 70s. So it was comfortable all day long. Uh, we had a cold start though on Sunday. Had a bit of a cold front move in, and even though the skies were clear, um, you know, bright sunshine, it was it was actually colder when we got to the track than it was here in Michigan. Wow. So uh, <laughs> it was a unique a unique start. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, everybody had to warm up the engines a little bit more, and I think overnight a lot of people made sure engines were off and kept warm overnight yeah, so they right? wouldn't freeze because. <laughs> I mean, we're talking 44 degrees, uh, wow. you know, Sunday morning at 8 a.m. So uh, you got it got pretty chilly. But other, you know, aside from that, it warmed right up when the you know with the sun being out and clear skies and 
really just perfect conditions. No rain because it's very rare that you have don't have rain at GoPro Motorplex for <laughs> for a big event. And we got through it without yeah. any type of rain. Maybe I, I think there might have been one little sprinkle for we thought it was going to rain and it didn't. So wow. got got lucky there. Dave, you mentioned that uh, there's been just great uh, numbers throughout the season. This event ends up being the third largest event in the history of the United States Pro Card Series. And I think even more telling, all four of the events in 2021 above the 250 entry mark, which I think is absolutely amazing. Uh, 223 entries last year for the event at uh, GoPro Motorplex for the USPKS. 267 entries highlighted by big numbers in X30 Pro at 48. Uh, of course, KA has been super strong, 45 in junior and 51 in the senior. Even the juniors, David, up 14 uh, entries from last year, 31 last year, 45 this year. Overall, I think everybody's got to be really, really pleased with the numbers. Yeah, just to kind of look at the numbers overall, our biggest event was last year, 2020 at GoPro, and it was 223 entries. And, uh, you know, we surpassed that with the 290 that we had in Ocala. So, yeah, just to, to average above what your maximum number of entries right. was previously is <laughs> just it. unheard of. It, it truly is. You know, uh, you know, it's something we, we saw with challenging the Americas where the numbers have continued to grow here, there. And now on the East coast, you know, we just, we were just seeing phenomenal numbers with the USPKS. And I, and I think you, you look at the numbers, right? Like ones that kind of spouted out there, you know, cork categories, you know, the, the X30 pro class, that's, that's the spotlight pro class than the USPKS 48 drivers. That's awesome to see everybody jumping on board there. We know that the KA 100 program has really picked up, uh, Tons of momentum, tons of support, coast to coast, to be real. 45 in junior, 51 in senior. But we always look at that micro and mini, David. Again, 32, 32 drivers in micro swift and 38 drivers in mini swift, both significant increases from last year, uh, upwards of, you know, 15, 20, 30% increase. That bodes well for the series as well. You've got a lot of youth that, uh, that is supporting the program, you know, things are going to grow into the junior categories, uh, for 2022. Yeah. That was one of the real highlights was the mini and micro numbers, yeah. uh, that we had throughout the season. Here's a little good stat for you. The only class that was below 20 entries was X 30 masters for this weekend at 18. All the other categories were above 20 all throughout the season. Wow. Okay. It is good. Well, listen, it's a lot of momentum going into the program. Speaks volumes to what Mark Coates has put together at the USPKS, the staff that they have, everything they've done, the consistency of their program. You know, that's and that's and David, you, you, from the very get go, what'd you say? They've been going back to GoPro for nine straight years. It's, you know, the, people like some new tracks every once in a while, but they also like a bit of consistency and they like to have the date equity as well. And I think people know when where they're going to be. GoPro is just one of those really good places to anchor a series. Yeah, well, well, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit yes. uh, at our yep. paddock pass because yeah, there there could be some changes uh, uh, about which is what I like. We'll we'll get into that in a couple. <laughs> we'll get into that, folks. Uh, stay with us. We're just getting started in this episode of the debrief. David Cole taking a deep dive into the event, the finale of the USPKS in Mooresville, North Carolina. Stay with us when we get back. The aforementioned paddock pass up uh, on the docket. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. 
Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shifter car drivers are at the front of the field running the GFC GT14 frame, and the SS31 has become a solid contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the Mini and Micro classes, utilizing the GFC RR5 Cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years of racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram, or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2021. GFC, live your passion. Welcome back to a new edition of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast. And the focus today, the United States Pro Kart Series finale, the Carolina Grand Prix in Mooresville, North Carolina. Jumping now into the Paddock Pass presented by Parolin USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parolin decided to move his passion for karting from the racetrack to his small workshop. That's when Parolin was born. Parolin USA is North America's source for Parolin products, and they run a factory team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. 
The parallel and chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28 millimeter Opportunity Model for the cadet classes, and the brand new Daytona Four Cycle Chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. All right, David, you kind of teased a bit about schedules. You can talk about that in a little bit. But I think first and foremost, uh, all the spotlight kind of shining on GoPro, not only because it was the USPKS finale championships on the line, but do we have three heavy hitter, big name professional race car drivers coming out to race go-karts against some of the best drivers in the country. This was super cool. I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah, it was a rumor we heard. Obviously, we had confirmation that IndyCars, Will Power, and Joseph Newgarden were going to be there uh, throughout the weekend uh, prior to, you know, we talked about it in our Outlap. Yep. You know, they were running with MPG Motorsports aboard the Will Power cart. Uh, so Will Power driving the Will Power cart is certainly a unique opportunity <laughs> to uh, to take in. And but really the the stunner was the announcement of Kyle Larson, NASCAR point leader, yeah. uh, multi-time race winner uh, on hand and competing in his first ever kart race. Now, mind you, Larson had been in karts before uh, at GoPro, you know, taking some sessions here and there, but not, you know, not a full amount of time. Nothing compared to, say, Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, especially Newgarden, who we've seen grow up in the sport of karting yep. uh, and make his way up into the IndyCar ranks. Uh, but, you know, Larson just loves racing. And it was it was great to kind of speak to him for for about five minutes and and kind of get his take on things. Uh, you know, when Friday was going on, he was there Thursday for unofficial practice there on Friday for official practice. And he decided he you know, it was still an option of not racing or not. And uh, he decided to race on Saturday and uh, and compete against uh, the uh, the 40. What they, we have, 48 drivers in X30 Pro. Yeah, it's just for me, it's it's uh, you look at what he did, uh, all the racing he did, the dirt racing. And he still does. Right. Plus the stuff he does in cup leading the points, like you said, uh, just such an all around amazing driver. and Probably really one of the best all around drivers in, in North America, if not the world right now, driving so many different uh, uh, kinds of racing. I think it's fantastic. But to come out there and throw himself into the wolves, to be honest, right? It, we're, the, the level of competition at the at the USPKS is ridiculous. And to be, and we're, Phil said, for, for those who maybe didn't watch live time, how did he fare on Saturday? It looked to me like he was running pretty quickly. Well, he, you know, when you look at lap times, I mean, he was, he was very competitive. Qualifying was able to qualify 18th overall, one spot behind Will Power. <laughs> now, you know, you're talking, you know, drivers like Paul Bocuse, Dante Yu, uh, Thomas Annunziata, uh, Finnegan Bailiff, all were slower than Kyle Larson, wow. even though they've been in the cart all season long. So that yeah. that just made things more impressive. And that was kind of one of the key aspects in what you saw on some social media stuff was, you know, how how awesome it is. And to see him just jump in a cart, never. And again, he never raced carts as a kid. He did dirt oval outlaw carts, yeah. which, you know, is not exactly a sprinting cart. Uh, it's, it's a different type of oh, way of driving. And, yeah. and that's one thing that he was very adamant about is, is learning how to adjust the way to drive this compared to anything else that he's driven before. And then you go, so, and then you go out and you win at Texas on, on, on Sunday. Yeah. You know, he, you know, so again, he's, <laughs> he started, uh, you know, 18th, uh, got into a little bit of, uh, you know, contact, I believe in the pre-final I'm double checking that. Yeah. So he got shuffled back, uh, into the, 
into the blender a little bit when you're yeah. starting there. And then, and then again, in the final, uh, a little bit of contact sent them off the track as well too. But, uh, you know, ended up finishing, uh, in the 24th spot. But when you look at his pace, he had the same pace, at least race pace that Will Power had, yeah. uh, going on. And we know Will Power has lots and lots of laps at GoPro motor park. Yeah. And then, and then power goes on to finish top 10 on Sunday. So it, it shows you what Larson could do if he, if he came out and ran a full weekend. Yeah, and Power got got uh, was also involved in contact on Saturday, so ended up finishing in nineteenth. But uh, but Sunday was just a phenomenal performance by him uh, to finish sixth. Was was in the hunt to to be there all race long. Um, you know, guys were giving you know putting putting some bumper to him a little bit here and there, but uh, he certainly had good pace all day Sunday. Uh, you know, beating out, you know, drivers like Charza Crack and, and AJ Myers and a number of other notables. So uh, really good performance. And again, he's masters. He's age. masters. That's what I was just, I was, so, was, was hold on to that. This guy runs masters. This is so, amazing. yeah. So the mat, so to, to see, you know, that's like the, you know, the old day Billy Cleveland, you know, yeah. racing, racing senior, you know, or, or like, a, you know, Phil Giebler did it or like, you know, Ron White in the shifter categories racing yep. senior. It's kind of that, that same performance. So, uh, yeah, he's a master's age guy. So, to you know, that certainly shows, you know, they <laughs> had the right setup going. They had the engine working perfectly. Uh, great performance by him. What about Joseph Newgarden? Did he have a good time at least? What, what was his results like? Yeah, Joseph, you know, again, um, he's not the Joseph Newgarden we saw in karting. <laughs> he's a lot bigger, a lot he's stronger. Yeah. He's, he's actually gotten taller since he's been in car. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's since 2015, this was his first race in a cart. Um, wow. So to go six years without racing, it takes more than one day to get back into it. And unfortunately, he wasn't there Thursday due to, to some testing. So he only had the five sessions on Friday to really get acclimated back into a karting uh, mindset. Because, again, it's completely different than driving an IndyCar. Um, so, you know, overall, I think he did very well, uh, for again, six years out of the seat. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not like he was, he was bad, but he was getting, he was getting, he was coming to grips with it. Well, here's what I want to add. And you, you mentioned this, he's, he's so much bigger than he used to be. And now, you know, I've got a chance to, uh, interview Joseph since he was a kid <laughs> up, up to, you know, run an Indy car and you look, Kyle Larson is a, a stereotypical karting build. Right, he's not yeah. tall. He's, he's 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 pretty short, pretty compact. Fits nicely into the cart. Joseph's what? He's got to be six, at least six feet tall, and you know his upper body's massive. It's just it probably doesn't it doesn't lend itself. I, I would put him at six one, six yeah. two. Like okay, he, yeah, he's six feet, he, right? I'm six foot, and he's yeah. he's above me. That's uh, and that's not easy, know. man. Yeah, I I kind of compared his upper body to like a Danny Formal. Yeah, you know he's, he's a big just kid. he's just he's got a lot of that upper build. And, but even, you know, I think he's just, he's, his whole body is an athlete. He's an yeah. athlete now. He's not necessarily a cart built person. A hundred percent. Like said where Carl, Kyle Larson, like you could put him in anything. Uh, you know, he's got the, he's got that Italian size, yeah. you know, yeah. where, where they, where they yeah. make these carts for is <laughs> That's right. that short, not, you know, not short, but you know, the, the five, eight, you know, tight built. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's easier for Kyle to kind of jump into anything and I go, yeah. you know, I, you know, to see Joseph Newgarden in a midget or, or sprint car, that'd be, that'd be pretty wild too, because he, he'd have to scrunch in there or <laughs> they'd have to, that. they'd have to cut out the floorboard somehow. 
Well, we'll put a cap on that. Just an awesome, awesome deal to see Larson Power and Newgarden down at that event. And I think that's big. Obviously, it shined a lot of a lot of spotlight on the sport of karting over the weekend, which I think was super, super exciting. Yeah, and hope hopefully we'll see a couple drivers at Supernats. You know, yeah, obviously like Will that. Power's gonna be there. Yeah. You know, Newgarden kind of he kind of winked at it, like, yeah, I don't, but I don't, you know, after his performance, I think he'd have to get a little bit more seat time. Um, you know, and 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 talking with Jamie McMurray, obviously he was there with his son. You know, he mm-hmm. he, he loves the idea of these guys getting back, getting into the carts, and he'd lo- hopefully, you know, I said, hey, you should even come back. He That's laughed it. at that. It was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <not> no. <laughs> That's funny. It was good. To, hey, man, that listen. Those were the the, the first years of Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Well, with uh, Jamie McMurray and AJ Elmeninger were full time on that series. That was a lot of fun to have those guys there. That was cool. Uh, David, you, you know, we obviously teased before the first break here on this, this edition of the debrief, uh, about the change of schedule a little bit to a certain extent, new venue, because there has been some venues that, that the USPKS has kind of went to on a regular basis, maybe some different dates, but same venues. Uh, I guess, yeah, news coming out at the event for the 2022 opening round. Yeah. United States pro cart series announced their 2022 schedule, uh, four dates were listed with only two locations that were the final two locations, Road America, July 8th through the 10th, and the finale moving to Newcastle Motorsports Park on September 16th through the 18th. So that left the opening two events with unknown locations. Well, Friday during the uh, the driver's meeting, they made the announcement that Orlando Kart Center was going to be the site of the 2022 opener set for March 4th through the 6th weekend. Uh, so this is a new venue for the United States Pro Kart Series. They mentioned that they wanted to stay in Florida, obviously with Ocala Grand Prix now being dismantled and yeah. and no longer there. That took that option out. So there was a lot of talk on where they would go and what would, what was going to happen. Uh, Orlando Kart Center is going to be the location. It's very uh, it's a very unique move because um, you know there's there's some talk about you know is the fil- facility going to be able to fit this amount of, of teams and competitors there. Uh, you know, we saw this past week in GoPro Motorplex, they could barely fit all the competitors, 260, uh, competitors that we had there in that paddock area. So, um, that's going to be kind of the, the, um, the, not the highlight, but the, the, the focal point of, of before getting there is what, you know, what's going to be done in order for the facility to be ready to welcome this amount of racers. Crazy. All right. Let's, let's talk a bit about the weekend itself before we jump into the actual race report. Uh, you know, we always kind of touch in, in terms of the quality of the racing. Give me your thoughts on, on how things were race wise for a finale weekend. Well, the United States Pro Kart Series has been pretty good at having no red flags. Unfortunately, this past weekend, we had multiple, uh, none on Sunday, but uh, multiple red flags on Saturday. Uh, seems to be there was a lot of aggression out there. Okay. Um, it's I don't know if it's the racetrack itself, though, because there, there's very little room for mistakes and and a lot of opportunities to take it to kind of take advantage so I almost think it's kind of a combination of both. I don't necessarily think the drivers were overdriving. I mean, some instances probably so, but um, you know that it it it's almost kind of like a bull ring. You know, it it really is because there's only certain areas in the racetrack that you can pass. Going down the back straightaway, 
possibly going into through after the S's, going down to the hairpin, and then and in the final corner, those are really your only uh, clean opportunities yeah. to make passes. So you're talking, you know, three to four spots. Other spots on the racetrack, you can get it done, but you, it does require a little, a little bit of aggression. So um, that's something we saw, but we had large fields. And again, it's it's kind of the, that last race mentality as well, too. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people are just kind of, you know, letting everything late, you know, again, the, the term of sending it, Yeah. you know, that, that's kind of what we saw a little bit. Um, so it's not something we want to see, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is part of racing. And unfortunately sometimes, you know, wrecks happen and, and, and you, and there's nowhere to go. So you get, um, some massive pileups that we did have, um, Saturday during the, uh, the opening main events. So thankfully I think most everybody walked away uh, on, on hurt, you know, some bumps and bruises here and there. Uh, but other than that, I think everybody was, uh, okay. Leaving, that's good news. Leaving that's, the race that's good news. One of the things about the racetrack, David here at, at GoPro is there's lots of opportunity to drive off track. Uh, and I know you and I have mentioned this before we've talked about it. There's, there's some, it's, it's almost like some parts of GoPro that is, does there need to be a discussion on track limits? You had mentioned that to me when we talked about it throughout the weekend. Yeah, it, it, every time we go there now, uh, it, it's just because it's a rental cart facility that is also a racetrack, yeah. and they so they have those extra <clears throat> paved areas for the rental carts to go off, so they're not tearing up grass or tearing up the carts that they're going off into into um, extra cement that's on the outside of the rumble strips, or in this case, um, you know the turn one turn two combination where it's all cement. And they just have barriers. It's yeah. just they have these barriers to kind of mark off. Hey, don't go past this point. But really, all it was was just causing chaos, and and it was, it was a little bit of annoyance um, because you a lot of times a driver would just push another driver into that barrier, so it would knock that barrier out of the way and knock that driver out of the way. So it's almost like let why do we even have those barriers there? Just, okay. if, if you have the pavement there, let's just use it. Like I, it really didn't make sense. But they do need to look at that turn two section. I really do because essentially you're jumping over a curb and then jumping off the curb. Uh, and it's it's really now just a straight line. They don't even use that that uh, that that turn left section okay. uh, any further. So, you know, if if you saw on the videos of all the starts that we did, you know, dry, you know, you you were essentially and you look at a lot of the onboards on on online now, they it's basically a 90 degree corner now. And they just drive over the curbing and, and that's that. So they should either, my opinion, they should either reconfigure that section of the racetrack or put some type of maybe possibly AstroTurf, some type of, you know, fake grass in there to help alleviate drivers from driving straight through that section. Yeah, I hear you yeah. The barriers didn't do it because, because again, drivers would just run people into the barrier and then they would knock the barrier out of the way. And then, so the rest of the race, they would have a clean shot through that section. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. It's it's hard to make a permanent circuit. feel like a temporary circuit. If you get what I'm saying. I understand. Yeah, I get it completely. Yeah. I'm sure uh, that the track designed after the, the, the famous Italian track, right? Was it Sarno? Was it Sarno? No. uh, Parma. 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 I'm sure there was gravel there. In Parma. There's no way that was paved that, all the way that, around. It was probably gravel, right? That was the or other. Uh, 
something we talked about. Maybe we just needed to put some, you know, kitty litter, you know, the, yeah. you know, the big, the big dirt of piles like you have at the end of the straightaway at mid Ohio or road America, like actual big car course. Let's maybe put some, some, uh, some kitty litter there. But, um, I don't, I don't know something just, it just, it doesn't feel right. If you know what I mean? It just, I did, yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's, they've laid a racetrack out for a reason. It's turn one and turn two. If they don't right. use the corners, why do you even bother? Just make it a 90 degree corner and get it over with. Right. That, that's kind of my, that's kind of been yeah. my, my thought, especially over the weekend. Cause it just, just standing in that, that section, it just, it, why are we jumping a curb <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be making the turn. Yeah, I hear you, Sam. Uh, all right, some good information there from David in our edition of the Paddock Pass. This this edition brought to you by Peril in USA. When we get back, time to jump into the race reports. We're going to hit uh, get things started with X30 Pro. We'll also do X30 Junior. That'll be the first start for the race report on this edition of the Debrief. Stay tuned. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and drive services, cart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to kartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business. 
making sure each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Welcome back to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we take a deep dive into the United States Pro Kart Series finale, the Carolina Grand Prix at Mooresville, North Carolina. The event being held on the October uh, the 15th, 16th, and 17th. Already worked our way through the paddock pass. Time to jump now into the race report. We uh, dive into the actual events that happened throughout the weekend. This edition of the race report brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get you the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shop.shopakr.com. That's shopakr.com. All right, David, let's jump into the X30 Pro category. I'll throw the headline out. You fill in the information. Here's the headline for X30 Pro. Jones and Greenmeyer bag first series victories as Norberg locks title. Well, Hayden Jones actually made the move to Rollison Performance Group prior to the weekend. So he made his RPG Cosmic debut uh, on the weekend at his home racetrack at mm-hmm. GoPro Motorplex. Came out as the uh, the top driver on Saturday. It was Pauli Massimino, though, that set fast time in qualifying. And then Ryan Norberg winning the pre-final. But a two-position uh, pushback bumper penalty gave Jones the actual victory in the pre-final. That's what he needed in order to uh, establish himself as a top driver in the main event. As uh, after shuffling early on, including championship contender Connor Zillage, who made contact with one of those turn six barriers that uh, are supposed to keep the carts on the racetrack itself, <laughs> uh, took him out of the race. Uh, later on, Jones established himself as the race leader leading a RPG 1-2-3 finish with Jones, Norberg, and Greenemeyer finishing 1-2-3. Polly Massimino was in the hunt as well, along with Nate Cicero. Unfortunately, they retired uh, out of the top five with mechanical issues. That allowed Brandon Jarzakrak to move up to fourth with Alessandro Dutillo uh, aboard the Perlin in fifth. Wow. Uh, Hard Charger, uh, 29th spot improvement. Noah Harmon on a Tony Kart. David started 39th. Drove his way all the way up to 10th. Yeah, a lot of attrition on Saturday's uh, main event. So that part of that uh, 29 spots you can attribute to uh, the attrition that was felt throughout Saturday. I'm sure you talked to him afterwards, but I got to think Hayden Jones feeling pretty good about that. A a big victory at his home track, making the move to Rawlison. Got to be happy with that for sure. Yeah, it was a very happy Rawlison 10, including Jones uh, getting that uh, first series victory. Uh, moving over to the race team, also locking up the championship was Ryan Norberg on Saturday, okay. earning enough points with the Connor Zillage DNF in order to secure the title. So kind of open things up Sunday for everybody to kind of just focus on the race at hand. 
Looks like the Ralston crew didn't let up on Sunday, David. I know Ryan Norbert qualifying on the pole. Of course, already got that championship locked and loaded. And then and then Jones coming back again in the pre-finals to get another victory. Seems like Jones was spending a lot of time up front. Yeah, again, home race track, racing with Rollison Performance Group had, you know, a good combination of you know all, all the right mojo. Unfortunately, in the main event, the mojo kind of went away, was uh, able to get into the lead during the second half of the race and uh, making that turn two jump above over the curb. Uh, chain decided to let go uh, and remove itself from his cart while leading the race. So uh, remove itself. <laughs> it did. It uh, it removed wow. itself from the from the drive sprockets and uh, unfortunately retired uh, with a few laps remaining. That allowed uh, Hannah Greenmeyer to take over the victory or take over the lead as she was able to hold off Norberg and Massimino uh, in the closing laps. Massimino was actually on the attack on Norberg, which kind of opened up the gap for Greenmeyer to be able to cross the line for the uh, her first series victory uh, in the X30 Pro category. Uh, Massimino able to get by Norberg there before the before the finish line. Uh, Alessandro Dutulo uh, able to move up to fourth this time with Brandon Tyner putting uh, three RPG drivers into the top five. So David Hard Charger, Santiago Benito on the rent speed, another driver making a bu bunch of moves up, started 46th, 26th spot, improvement up to 20th. Yeah, a number of positions for him. Uh, again, big fields, uh, you know, lots of contact. Uh, and not, to, not as much attrition on Sunday, but uh, still a good drive for him. Let's look, as we always do, um, at the overall money. Yeah, USPKS providing their cash for the overall weekend points. And Hannah Greenmeyer coming away with five grand. Big payout for Hannah. Yeah, the two uh, two uh, podium finishes for her helped to uh, to put her on top and get the $5,000. Norberg, uh, again, two podium finishes as well. Unfortunately, no victories for him, so that put him in the second position. Uh, and then Alessandro Dutrulo with uh, the third spot, a really good weekend for the Parallel USA driver. Uh, certainly is, uh, you know, kind of reestablished himself as a as a top contender in the X30 Pro division. And, you know, I, I think you know, we kind of have to take the time here right now to, to pay a little bit of respect to, to, to Ryan Norberg. Obviously, Brandon Jarsacrack's kind of been the guy at the USPKS winning championships. Very similar to Norberg over in the Scusa Pro Tour as he won uh, uh, so many championships there. But, man, David, to, for Norberg to put another title, this time in US, USPKS, on his resume, just keeps padding that CV. Yeah, seven podium finishes out of the eight rounds the only wow. race he didn't stand on the podium was the opening round in ocala uh so again you're talking runner-ups uh three victories so he's got three victories two runner-ups and a th or three yeah three runner-ups three victories and a third place finish Man, 181 point lead or a win rather over Zilich in the championship. You talked about Zilich going out, but yeah, good for good for Ryan Norberg and again for for Rollis and Performance Group as well. Uh, solid deal. And to be honest, let, let's let's be real. The the Rollis Performance Group program kind of rolling into X30 Junior. We'll talk a little bit about that. Let's jump into X30 Junior. The headline: Fletcher earns title in dramatic fashion. Yeah, this category was pretty wild all weekend long, really close racing up front and uh, really not really sure who was going to be able to come away with the victories all weekend long. Saturday, however, was one driver that was able to put himself at the top of the order, and that was new Art Rollison Performance Group driver Caleb Gaffar. 
uh, Caleb, a, another driver who calls GoPro Motorplex home, made the transition over to the RPG tent uh, for the weekend. Came out strong, set fast time in qualifying, and was able to come away with a pre-final uh, victory. But in the main event, it was a pretty hard battle for the top four battling for the uh, for the top position. Uh, Caleb able to secure the lead with two laps remaining uh, and able to hold on to the victory uh, while the championship <laughs> contenders were in the hunt as well. Uh, Jeremy Fletcher among them, finishing up in the second spot. Uh, Aiden Grada was on the charge late, actually crossed the line in the third position, but suffered a two-position penalty. That dropped him down to fifth and cost him some valuable points in the championship hunt. That allowed Max Garcia to stand up on the podium as the junior rookie continues to add to his uh, rookie CV. Uh, And then Christian Miles ended up finishing in fourth. Yeah, I had a chance to listen to those events, events, and man, it was just back and forth and back and forth. Uh, so much fun to listen to, and good for Caleb Gaffaris, but spending a lot of time over in Europe, uh, running with uh, with uh, Jordan Lennox's team over there on on the Borel Art chassis, of course, coming back as well, and uh, and, and, and the Academy moving, Trophy as well, and too. the Academy. Yeah, let's make sure we bring that up. It's a lot of European experience for Gaffara, and I think that probably played well for him up front there. And what it sounded like, at least to me, you obviously watched it, but it sounded like to me like he was elbow. Was up. There was a lot of aggressive racing. I it, it felt like at least what Tim Coyne was saying. Not not necessarily. I wouldn't say aggressive. I would say great racing. I okay, good. Say, well, you know, yeah. I, I don't mean, use aggressive. Hard so fought. I, I, I would say hard fought. Well, I, hard I don't fought. use aggressive with a negative term. Yeah, right? I always. Yeah, see, I always use. I, <laughs> I always look at the aggressive as negative. Sorry, <laughs> I put over. I go overly aggressive because I like aggressive. Man, that's the yeah. aggressive is good. But I just. No, it, it was fun to listen to. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it was like a heavyweight fight. You know, yeah. each, each each of the drivers kept going back and forth and trying to up one another. And uh, you know, on 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 at in the end, it ended up being Caleb that uh, came out with the victory. Yeah, good for Caleb. Uh, the uh, hard charger on that one, Cameron Brakeman on a cosmic twenty one spot improvement. David started thirty first, able to work his way up into fourteenth. Thirty fifth to fourteenth. Yeah, twenty one yep. spots. Uh, Again, Brinkman's just still trying to get acclimated to the uh, the X30 junior package. Uh, so that's a good uh, confidence booster for him working with Michael Geringer under the Mike Doty tent. All right, let's move over to Sunday right now. Gaffera, of course, now has that uh, the success from Saturday. He's got some momentum and some confidence coming in. Michael Costello, though, on the Cosmic ends up going P1 and qualifying. He was actually one of the quickest drivers on Saturday, even with a, a bent steering shaft. Wow. Uh, so they were able to straighten that out, and it certainly uh, showed uh, as he set fast time in qualifying. Unfortunately, was able to get was a little shuffled back a little bit there in the prefinal as Caleb was able to score the victory there. Uh, going into the main event, it was our, you know again championship time. Nothing was decided yet. It was still between Fletcher and Ingrata. And I'm sure you had the, the you had the spreadsheet rolling, right? Oh, so we you did. knew we did. you knew you knew where he where, where did he need to be to win. So, so he needed to finish fourth or better okay. in, a, in order to earn the title. That was based on Ingrata actually winning the main event. Yeah. So uh, you know a lot of things could was were going to shake down. Um, you know. Both Fletcher and Grada and Garcia were in the lead pack, so it was a three-driver breakaway. So Fletcher was kind of in a good position. Uh, unfortunately, none of them wanted to run in line, and they kept shuffling around uh, for the lead. And uh, their shuffling allowed the second group to close back in. So we had a pretty good big group there in the closing few laps. And with two laps to go, as they come through the double right-handers, turn nine and turn ten, 
Drivers went three wide on the exit as they were jostling back towards the, the last corner on the racetrack. So we ended up going three wide down into that short little chute. Uh, and Grada actually came out with the lead as they took the white flag with Jeremy Fletcher right on his bumper. So we had the top two drivers mm. in the championship running nice. one, two right there. Fletcher made his move in the double right hand corners, turn nine and turn 10 on the final circuit, was able to hold on as he reached the checkered flag first to secure uh, victory in the category and earn the s- series championship. Yeah, go out and get it, right? Uh, and that was, again, another race I, l- I was able to listen to on the EKN Radio Network. And, man, Tim Coyne had things fired up. And and, and I just here yeah, like Xander. Just, it was actually oh, Xander. Oh, it was Xander. That's right. Yes. But it, but listen, and and what you – like, I, as that race is playing out, the three guys are leading, right? And I'm like, okay, this is these guys are going to pull away. And then immediately Xander starts talking about them battling. I'm like, here they come. Everybody else came back in. And that's what set things up. I don't know why people don't just get into line, David. <laughs> but- I, you know, with Fletcher, I don't know if he knew exactly what he needed to do. Oh, okay. uh, you know, that's the only thing. You know, I wasn't able to speak with him. He had to take off uh, after the championship uh, award ceremony. So I wasn't able to really get a ch- chance to speak with him. But it just seemed like he just wanted to go out there and win it. Like you said, you know, yeah. put, put it in his own hands and go out and win. You know, but again, you have that you know, situation where if you record a DNF, you could lose the championship. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but he did, he went out and won it and, uh, earned Good his second victory on the season and, uh, was able to set, uh, or s- secure the championship. Yeah. Good for him. And to, to win in style too, right? The exclamation point on the end of a fantastic season for Jeremy Fletcher ends up getting the victory. Uh, we'll jump into the, 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 the money in a second. Uh, let's before we'll, we'll wrap up with the hard, hard charger, uh, Adam Brickley, David on a on a Cart Republic, nineteenth uh, spot, started thirtieth, almost got his way into the top ten, finished in the eleventh position. Yeah, not quite sure. wasn't able to speak with Brickley, but uh, local driver. They certainly have the speed there. Just uh, obviously had some issues in pre final, but uh, got up into nearly the top ten. I don't think we broke down the top five. I'll do it real quick. Do that, uh, yeah. Aiden yeah. Ingrata finishing up in second, so uh, finishing right behind his championship. Uh, contender uh, Caleb Gaffar in the third position. So two podiums on, on the, uh, on the weekend, Max Garcia, just missing out in fourth and Jason Atticonis or Justin Atticonis in the fifth position. So let's talk cash. Then obviously Fletcher getting that second place on Saturday, the win on Sunday, he comes out with the big money. Gaffar gets some cash as well. Yeah. 2,500 for Fletcher, 1500 for Caleb. And then Aiden and Grada with third place overall on the weekend with $750. And as David said, uh, Fletcher getting that victory, scoring that championship in the X30 junior category. Aiden and Grada second overall in the standings. Max Garcia, that rookie driver, a a tremendous uh, freshman season, third overall in the points. Christian Miles in fourth and uh, Justin Adikonis in fifth. All right, another break in the action. We get back to the race report brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. We're going to talk KA100 Senior, K100 Junior, and X30 Masters. More debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Jensen Button, Jas Verstappen, and Roman Grosjean. All former techno kart drivers and champions. Get ready, America, for the techno kart invasion. Formed in the 1970s, the Italian manufacturer has new representation in the U.S., and they're already winning races and championships. Technocart USA is owned and operated by top national masters drivers Laurent Dumardin and Christian Vomir, and they are focused on building the new 
Technocart Dealer Network. The Technocart line hits all the different engine platforms in American karting, beginning with the TR28 Special for four-cycle racing. The TR30 is Techno's chassis for 100cc and 125cc tag competition, and we also have a TR Cadet and Kid Kart for the drivers coming into the younger age groups of the sport. In 2021, Technocart USA will be attending the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series and Route 66 programs, the Rock the Rio and Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas, and will continue to support our home track, the Badger Kart Club. Race-winning arrive-and-drive programs are available, and kart shops interested in adding a new quality chassis to their lineup should contact us today. Be sure to follow Technocart USA LLC on Facebook and Instagram. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs and Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs and Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, uh, episode number 86. Uh, it is October the 20th, 2021, and David, of course, back in the office after spending uh, the weekend down at Mooresville, North Carolina for the final rounds of the United States Pro Kart Series. That's what we're talking about here today. 
David, let's go into KA100 Senior, huge field in this particular category. And here's your headline. Massimino doubles up as Zilich grabs first senior title. Lots in there. A lot, yeah, a lot to cover in the K100 senior division as it was the largest category, actually having two different pre-finals splitting up the field into odd pre-final and an even pre-final. As you said, Massimino doubled up. Well, Massimino set the fast time in qualifying on Saturday and was able to win the odd pre-final while another GoPro regular, Tyler Wettengel and the Cart Republic with Trinity Karting Group won the even pre-final. So they were essentially the top two drivers going into the main event. Uh, again, uh, or a little bit of drama as uh, as we were in the pre-finals with championship leaner Connor Zillage involved in contact and was actually recorded a DNF. So thus, with the two different pre-finals and an LCQ, he was put into the last chance qualifier wow. on Saturday. <laughs> Fortunately, able to come away with the victory. So he ended up starting 41st on the main event. So we'll get to his, his yeah, finish in a little bit. <laughs> uh, up front, it was Massimino, though, that controlled most of the final as he was able to uh, to kind of set pace along with uh, Tyler Wettengel and Brandon Lemke, defending uh, champion of the class. Lemke was able to grab the lead as they were coming to the white flag, but Massimino returned the favor on the last lap and was able to uh, secure the victory by the checkered flag. Uh, Wettengel was able to slip by Lemke there in the final few corners and able to steal the second position while Connor Ferris in the cart Republic for team Ferris racing ended up in fourth and Aiden Levy aboard the Tony cart in the fifth position. So David, I have to figure your head, head would have been swiveling throughout this race because you got two kind of stories to follow, right? You got this lead battle uh, fighting for the race win, and then you've got Connor Zilich coming from the tail of the field. As you said, having won the last chance qualifier, he ends up starting 41st. He is the hard charger. 35-spot improvement, ends up in sixth position to secure the provisional championship. You must have been following him coming through. I know what you do with the spreadsheet, and you would have been updating that spreadsheet on all the passes. Man, that must have been a drive for Connor coming from the tail of the field. Yeah, it was a championship-winning performance nice. because of the position that he ended up and where Lemke was. Uh, actually secured the provisional championship for Connor Zillage on Saturday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, Zillage was putting down the same lap times that the uh, the leaders were putting down. So you knew he wasn't going to quite get up to where the leaders were, but was able to get into that sixth position, which essentially locked up the championship for him. And as you said, the title, David, his first senior championship as well. Yes. Uh, and again, started out his senior year this this winter. You know, we kind of highlighted it throughout the throughout the season. Yeah. Had an opportunity to be in the hunt in the uh, the Scusa Pro Tour Championship. Unfortunately, that came up short. Uh, was involved in the X30 Junior or X30 Pro category or championship in at USBKS. Unfortunately, contact on Saturday took that away from him. But uh, this one, he was able to uh, to secure early on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, again, that's Zilich, of course, winning that championship title. But as David said in the headline, uh, Pauli Massimino, what a weekend for him in this category. And David really, again, went out and just dominated. Not, I don't say dominated, dominated the sheets. Top of the top of the charts in qualifying. One is pre-final wins the main event. You give us the, the, the information from there. Yeah, it was a perfect score. You nice. know, Saturday had a good, perfect score. Sunday, another perfect score, setting fast time qualifying, winning his pre-final, 
And then again, led every single lap in the main event. Uh, the top three got away him, Wettengel and Lemke. Again, top three a drivers were able to get away. Nobody made a move, though. Really? It was kind of a, a really boring race. And everybody <laughs> was wondering, why didn't Wettengel make a move? He never made a move. Just uh, it was almost like he was he was happy to be Massimino's or Massimino's wingman. All right. Uh, and Lemke just didn't quite have enough to be able to try and make anything happen. So it was almost like he was just hanging there in the draft to kind of just be there. Uh, so again, Massimino first, Wettengel second, and then Lemke in the third position while Levy actually swapped positions with Ferris to end up fourth on Sunday. So what happened to Zilich? He's the hard charger again, starts 41st on Saturday, starts 33rd on, on Sunday. He's the provisional champion or has already won the championship. What happened to put him back to 33rd? Again, contact this time uh, with another driver, different driver uh, in his pre-final. Uh, this one happened in turn four with uh, another local driver, William Robusto. Uh, a little bit of contact. Fortunately enough, he was able to continue on and uh, not have to go back into the LCQ. So uh, ended up starting in the 33rd position and again, running lap times just as fast as the leaders. Was able to claw his way up into the fourth position, but a two position uh, penalty for the pushback bumper dropped him down to the sixth spot. So he passed 64 people. In the two races. In the two races. It, that's yeah. awesome. It's amazing. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of fun, though, I think, too. Right? I, I, I love starting at the tail of the field and being able to work forward. That's And listen, for Zillich, she ends up winning the championship by 56 points over Brandon Lemke, Hayden Jones in third, uh, as uh, David said, Levy in fourth, and A.J. Myers actually coming home fifth in the championship standings. Uh, David, let's go to KA100 Jr., and here's the headline. Dazelski and Walker earn career first as Fletcher claims crown yeah we've already talked about fletcher earning a championship previously well yeah. another one came up uh sunday afternoon as well but again he had a lot of uh drama surrounding him uh neither of the junior championships were decided uh until the final lap so wow. this was uh certainly the, one of the categories to watch as we got into sunday yep. saturday however was uh a bit chaotic uh <laughs> in terms of drivers up front and drivers mid-pack and then the drivers in the back, a little bit of contact here and there. Uh, Chase Hand ended up uh, setting fast time in qualifying, but it was Fletcher that was able to uh, to come away with the pre-final victory. Uh, Hand was among those in the front runners in the main event, but he was shuffled back to the 19th position in the opening laps. Opening corner, right? Corners uh, or something like that? Not, yeah, I think it was like turn yeah. four or turn six. Yeah, I was listening to that one. Those. Wow. Uh, then later on, as Fletcher was battling with the batter leading, uh, was involved in contact with Jake Walker uh, in turn four. That sent those two drivers up and out of the uh, the racing line and further back into the field. Uh, this allowed a three driver breakaway up front that involves Sebastian Weldon, Austin Jurs, and Danny Dzelski. Okay, uh, ended up being Dzelski that was able to uh, better the other two drivers. And again, scoring his career first victory uh, and in his Ryan Perry Motorsport debut, earning the victory on Saturday, uh, able to cross the line ahead of Weldon and Jers. Yeah, hand uh, after that issue on the opening lap, 19th back up to P4 in the final standings. Elio Mesa on a Tony Card capping up the top five. Adam Brickley, though, David, the hard charger on the Fullerton, started uh, in the 42nd position, moved up 34. 
uh, 31 positions to go to 11th. Yeah, he was racing the Cart Republic in the X30 Junior category, but racing a Fullerton right. in the KA100. So uh, a little bit of... We'll mention his name again here later on, too. All right, all right, let's do that. Uh, on Sunday, Braden Robertson, though, David, getting things underway. Fast driver and qualifying. Yeah, great, great lap for the uh, the, the cross-link competition driver. Uh, unfortunately, just wasn't able to uh, to secure the win in a, another wild pre-final that ended up with Danny Dazelski earning the victory. The main event, another wild start with a large lead group, a lot of shuffling taking place, a lot of drivers jostling for position. Unfortunately, contact in turn eight involving Chase Hand, along with many others, uh, shuffled up the order and put some drivers on the sidelines. This allowed Jeremy Fletcher, Jake Walker, and Cooper Shipman able to break away with uh, a three-driver lead group. Uh, they ended up having a great last two laps uh it all began in the hairpin with a little bit of contact that kind of bunched them up and and shuffled them up and that continued into the last lap where again they went to the hairpin turn eight with uh with with some contact uh and some blocking and a little bit of this and a little bit of that <laughs> that allowed jake walker to go from third to first with the over under on both Fletcher and Shipman yeah. and was able to uh, to hold on in the final couple of corners and able to cross the line for his first uh, series victory. Wow, good for Jake Walker on that one. I know uh, Shipman ends up crossing the line in second, but uh, pushback bumper there for him. Same as well for, for Robertson, David. Give us some more input on that. You talked about him being quick and qualifying. Uh, what happened to, to Braden Robertson in, in the main event there? Yeah, Shipman with the pushback bumper, dropping him down to six with the full four position penalty. Uh, Robertson, again, pushback bumper, a lot of contact going on throughout the uh, the race. He was only able to, he was only a two spot position penalty. So that dropped him down to uh, out of, I think it would be seventh after all of the uh, the penalties were, were assessed. Um, that move, so Fletcher was able to, to move up into the second spot allowed Aiden Rudolph, who was involved in some of that contact early on. He was able to drive back up into the third position. Uh, Sebastian Weldon, another good drive. He was actually further back after the pre-final was able to drive up with a good race up into fourth spot. And then our hard charger of the race up 35 spots from 40th to fifth was Adam Brickley. Yeah. We thought Connor Zilich passed a bunch of people at 66 positions. For Adam Brickley over two days, and just uh, in and, that class, and just in that class, it came because he's got junior. 19 spots in the X30 uh, Junior main event on Sunday. Oh my God, that's unbelievable! Good for him. Good for him. Uh, all right, so uh, Fletcher, let's 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 just go back to the championship now, David. Uh, we mentioned it in the headline as Fletcher wins again, two championships for for Jeremy Fletcher ends up winning by 41 points over Weldon. Yeah, Weldon had a bad uh, a bad pre final, ended up. Um, I can't, I want to say almost outside the top 20 and, uh, was able, again, he, he still had an opportunity to win the championship with the victory, but starting that far back was certainly going to be a, uh, a tough uphill climb for him. Ended up, uh, you know, as we said, finishing in the top five. So got some valuable points, but with Fletcher finishing second, uh, ahead of him, uh, certainly kept him from winning the championship. So only 41 points. Uh, separating the top two. Yeah, Chase Hand in his first national uh, season, uh, finishing in third in the category. Parker Long, fourth overall, not there that weekend. And Elio Mesa finishing fifth overall in the championship. 
Yeah, Parker DeLong actually finished second at the uh, the Rock Cup Super Final in Good the for Parker. category. Nicely done for Parker. That's awesome. Uh, let's move to X30 Masters, David. Here's your headline. Cop defense title in tiebreaker as Roberts pulls off double at GoPro. This is what I found this really interesting reading your race report from Sunday. We'll get to that, of course, on Sunday. But yeah, cop defense title in tiebreaker as Roberts pulls off double at GoPro. Yeah, Scott Roberts, among the four drivers to actually pull off a double win weekend, uh, didn't look like it was going to be Roberts as Alex Mueller, the local driver, was able to set fast time in qualifying, but Roberts emerged as the winner in the prefinal and then just shot away from the rest of the field in the main event, wow, pulling right. out to a seven, nearly eight-second victory uh, over the field. Uh, it was basically a fight for second behind him all race long, that included Mario Barrios. Uh, Miguel Mir was actually up into the third position late until he lost his brakes and went off into the turn six barriers hard. Okay. Was able to get back in the cart and continue on uh, with no brakes, but uh, really was a was a, uh, a disappointing end to uh, Miguel's uh, day. Uh, more contact happened behind them with Edward Fortier actually crossing the line in third, but he was penalized for not only avoidable contact, but also blocking. Oh, all right. <laughs> so this <clears throat> moved Frank Runco up into the third spot uh, on the uh, on the, the the podium. This allowed Scott Cop to move up into the fourth position, which was very crucial yeah. in the championship hunt as he was entering the weekend as the championship leader. Uh, and then Robert Mayer ended up finishing in the fifth position. Hard charger, Kim Carapaletti on the comp cart, eight spots, started 16th. He goes up to eighth, uh, but coming into Sunday, Dave, with a championship on the line, Mario Barrios out of the gate with the, with the top qualifying time. Yeah, it was about a five-point swing when you factored in the drops, and then Barrios added 10 more points to that yeah. uh, with the bonus points for setting fast time in qualifying. But again, Roberts just super strong all weekend long. Not really sure why he wasn't able to get the that qualifying fast time, but uh, certainly showed it when it was in race mode as uh, he was able to drive away to the pre-final win. And then again, uh, just drove away and led wire to wire in the main event to, uh, to secure uh, a second victory on the weekend and his third on the season. Wow, amazing for him. Scott Cop ends up in second, Barrios third, Runco fourth, Connor Hare on the Tony Cart fifth. You can now play the play the card here, David. This is I love as you wrote as I was reading your race report, I love the way that they they that they break a tie. Because when it comes down to it, Cop and Barrios tied in points at the end of the day. Yeah, Cop actually ended up dropping, started second, dropped down to the fourth position, was able to drive himself back up into second. Crucial. And as we're looking at the Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> I'm like, this is a tie. <laughs> this is a tie. This is going to be a tie, you know? And it. so, you know, again, that those penalties on Saturday helped Cop gain some points. Mm -hmm. That qualifying bonus helped Barrios gain some points. This ended up as a tie, wow. an actual tie between the two top drivers in the Masters category. Now, as we're doing the race, we thought, as in standard karting terminology in previous years, you go by who has the most wins, and then you go by who has the most runner-ups. Exactly. That's what the, I thought, too. Yeah. That's what we thought. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, Allie Long had the rule book right next to her with how to break ties. And she's like, guys, you're, you're, you're not telling this right. 
And so we ended up looking and their second tiebreaker ends up being who has the most wins in the heat slash prefinals. So then we had to break out the actual results and the, the points and see, okay, who has the most heat race wins or technically prefinal wins. Yep. Uh, ended up being Scott Cop had two prefinal wins to Barrios is one, thus providing the championship to Scott Cop. I like it because it, it puts more more pressure, not pressure. It, it pushes drivers to potentially win heat races instead of finishing second. You never know when that could be a tiebreaker, right? Guys, yeah, I'll just finish second and clean. I'll start on the outside of the front row for the main. I like that. Well, and not and, and, and again, it highlights wins. It highlights wins. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, you're always going out on the racetrack to, to win. Agree. Agree. It, it was unique because, you know, I talked to, to them after Scott Cop afterwards. It's like, yeah, we knew what the tiebreaker was. We And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't. Because, <laughs> again, we thought it was Barrios that had the championship as we were announcing it because he had more runner-up finishes okay. in the main events than what Scott Cop had on the season. So, so that was that was the uh, that that was kind of the talk as we were doing as the yeah. race was progressing, and then we decided, you know what, we're going to let the officials call it, and we'll decide we'll talk about it after the race. Makes sense. Yep, yep. Uh, obviously, a great weekend for Scott Roberts. Jumps him up into third in the points. Danny Robertson in fourth, and Miguel Mir uh, in fifth. Uh, David, overall though, let's 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 wrap this up with a hard charger. Uh, it was Connor Hare who ends up starting in the 15th spot, drives his way up into fifth, but it sounds like there was a, a little bit going on in terms of that with some penalties as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't, yeah, I'm not quite sure what I wrote here, but, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what I wrote here. So we'll, just all right, it looks like somebody got a pushback bumper penalty. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. All right. I don't know. We'll take it. <laughs> Well, folks, I one think more. that was supposed right. to be in the notes. That's all right. That's all right. No worries. Another break in the action. We get back on this race report presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. David will cap things up as we will give you the uh, the breakdown for Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Another great edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. You want the best? You just got to roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but karting's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Rick Hart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstands.com. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. 
Parolin USA is North America's source for Parolin products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parolin chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior classes, and the 28mm mini kart for the cadet classes. Parolin has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Spec Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. And the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes utilize the same Ignite K3 kart which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country and on all the Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, is available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to uh, another edition of The Debrief, our race report podcast. David Cole giving us the deep dive into the event at the USPKS finale at GoPro Motorplex, the Carolina Grand Prix in Mooresville, North Carolina. Almost done here. A couple more categories to wrap things up. We'll jump into Mini Swift. We talked at the very start. We went to buy the numbers. How great the numbers are right now in micro and mini on the USPKS. And the racing itself, tremendous as well. So much good talent. We're going to be talking about these kids uh, for, you know, a half a decade or more. Uh, let's go to Mini Swift. Here's your headline. Two victories for Ardives as Vidmontien seals the series title. Yeah, Saturday was the show of Diego Ardiles. Uh, just an amazing performance by him. Actually qualified in the 37th position. Not, I never was able to find out what exactly happened. Possibly Ooh. maybe just uh, unable to get a clean lap. Uh, drove up to the 12th position in the pre-final. So kind of put himself in position to possibly battle uh, for a podium spot or maybe into the top five. Uh, as the race went on, you know, it was, it wasn't exactly a calm race, you know, a lot of drivers battling and shuffling up front. Uh, so that allowed, you know, our you know, Diego to kind of move up gradually and, and by lap 15 actually worked himself up into the lead. Wow. Uh, and then from there was able to drive off and lead the, the remainder of the race to, to basically drive from the back of the field up to the victory as he scored his second uh, victory on the season ahead of Enzo Vidmontien, the championship leader, 
who essentially locked up the provisional title with his runner-up performance. Yeah, it's been a good season for Enzo Vidmonti and good for him to win that title as well. Uh, Oliver Weldon coming home in the third spot. Diego Giat in the fourth position on that parallel. And Wesley Gundler on the Nitro Kart rounding out the top five. Uh, penalty at the end of that one, oh, David. Was it uh, uh, Tyler Roberts was actually P5? Yeah. Yeah, Roberts was actually in the fifth position, but uh, avoidable contact penalty, two-position penalty dropped him down to seventh. Hard charger, Hudson Swartz. Uh, Hudson, 22-spot improvement, started 33rd, all the way up to 11th in the main event. That's a pretty good run, especially in a mini-swift race. Yeah, good run for him. I forgot to mention Oliver Weldon was the pre-final winner with Kai Johnson. He actually was the top qualifier, but ran into some, some issues in the main event, so wasn't able to keep himself in the top five. Well, Weldon's definitely going to come back to play with it. He's part of the, the battle in the final. Uh, coming out on Sunday, David, Oscar Iliff scoring the qualifying uh, top time, and then would go on, I guess, to win the pre-final as well. Yeah, he actually was unable to make the main event on Saturday. He was set it set, scheduled to start in the fifth position, but a spark plug uh, issue on oh. the pace lap uh, put him on the sideline before the green flag even waved. So Ilef had a little bit of momentum and uh, or uh, redemption on his That's mind, it. along with brother Jack Ilef, who uh, broke his wrist on Friday night and was able, unable to race. So uh, he was carrying the Ilef banner, all weekend long with uh, with Jack on the sidelines with the broken wrist after Friday night fun. Uh, but uh, the main event, yeah, Ilif led the, uh, the opening 18 laps. And kind of like Diego did on Saturday, this time it was Enzo Vidmontien that was moving up. He started 14th uh, after the pre-final, was moving himself up, moving himself up. He got up into the second position towards the end of the race and that's when kind of the chaos began with two laps to go drivers going side by side dive you know over unders and all, all this good stuff that the drivers were able to do weldon was actually able to come away with the lead uh as they took the white flag but then it was diego that uh ended up uh securing the lead in the final few corners was able to uh to reach the checkered flag to uh, end up with a double win weekend for him. Wow, a couple of victories for Diego Ardiles. Well done for him. Uh, Oliver Weldon ends up in second. Vid Montien in third. Uh, Iliff in fourth from Vivek Canthon, uh, running now with Perlin into the top five, David. Uh, hard charger James Newell on a Cart Republic, up 20 spots, started 34th, ends up 14th. Yeah, a lot of local drivers, GoPro regulars, that were able to pull off the, the hard chargers on the weekend, and James Newell was one of them. Uh, yeah, overall, a pretty good performance by Vivek Canton in his Paralympic uh, debut. Was among those uh, in the front front uh, pack on Saturday, but was able to uh, secure a good finish with fifth on Sunday. Good for him. Vid Montien winning the championship, as David had said, uh, securing that on Saturday. Uh, ends up being a 188-point advantage over Diego Ardiles, who, of course, used uh, his uh, weekend performance to jump ahead of uh, Weldon in the championship. Iliff ends up in fourth, and Kai Johnson in fifth. David, one more category to go, and uh, we've talked about this young man throughout the season from the very get-go. Very impressive young micro driver, and he kind of dominates the action this weekend. Here it is. Harvick takes title with double win finale. Saturday was all Harvick as he was able to go wire to wire on the day, unchallenged uh, throughout qualifying, pre-final and final, winning, uh, earning maximum points on the day to solidify himself as the provisional championship or champion 
uh, in the category. Uh, Lucas Palacio was able to kind of get close Saturday towards the end of the race, but just ran out of time, ended up finishing in the second position. Uh, Ethan Tovo aboard the Nitro Cart rounded out the podium with Alessandro Trucheau aboard the Parallel in fourth and Gia Mateo Rousseau on the Nitro Cart in fifth. A hard charger, Benya Fernandez on the Cart Republic, 10 spots, started 20th, ends up in 10th. Yeah, and as I said, uh, Harvick locked up the title on Saturday, so that kind of opened things up on Sunday for for these youngsters. But uh, it was kind of the same story, but uh, <laughs> a little bit of pressure this time. Uh, Harvick was able to, uh, to set fast time in qualifying, but it was challenged throughout the pre-final. Actually ended up winning the race, but was uh, penalized for avoidable contact. Right. That allowed Giamatteo Rousseau to earn the pre-final and the pole position for the main event. Uh, a lot of shuffling took place uh, early on between uh, the top three in the main event, including Harvick, uh, Tovo, and Palacio. Harvick was eventually uh, secured the top spot and was able to hold on in a drag race to the checkered flag, holding off you know, Ethan Tovo by 87 thousandths of a second. Ooh, to drag earn. race, drag race for sure. Wow. Yeah, drag race for sure. To uh, That earned his second victory on the weekend. I was going to double check to see how many won on the year. I want to say it was three. Okay. Uh, four, actually. Four victories on the year. So Tovo coming home in second, uh, and a close second, as you said. Palacio was right there in third. Giamatea Rosso in fourth. And Bronson Kustas on the parallel works his way up into the top five. Hard charger David Max Weiland on the magic cart up six spots. Started 14th, able to work his way up into the top 10 to finish in eighth. Yeah, and as I said, Harvick secured the championship on Sunday. Ended up being a 279-point advantage over Ethan Tovo. Augustus Toniolo was not present. Uh, he came in as the championship leader, uh, having three wins on the season, uh, was not present. Still over in uh, in Europe or possibly went back home uh, to Brazil. Not quite sure uh, where he ended up. We did not get confirmation from him at all. He ends up finishing third in the championship with uh, Alessandro Trucheau in fourth and Jim Mateo Rousseau in fifth spot. All right, folks, final break in this edition of the Debrief. We get back. David will wrap things up. We'll have a look at the Constructors' Championship, and we'll let you know where we are for the remainder of the season on the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, kart service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at kartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Kartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier 
for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're karting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to our final segment of this edition of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden and David Cole here in the EKN studios. Uh, David, let's wrap things up. Uh, we said from the very get-go, it's been a tremendous season for the United States Pro Kart Series. Their third largest event in the nine-year history of the series, the Carolina Grand Prix. Yeah, just a phenomenal year overall. You know, the largest year they've had with, you know, uh, over 250 average uh, per event, you know, wrapping up with the third largest ever uh, at the Go, you know, for the C series at GoPro Motor Pucks this past weekend. Uh, just, you know, big numbers. And we talk about over $1,400 handed out over the weekend, at X30 Pro and X30 Junior for their their uh, cash purses, plus six sets of MG tires, and then nearly 70000 in prizes for the championship purse. That included IAMI International Final Tickets, uh, USPKS Winner's Circle Program, uh, USPKS Entries for 2022, along with IAMI Engines, more MG tires, and of course, a little bit of extra cash uh, for other drivers as <laughs> a well. Extra cash. You said fourteen hundred. You meant fourteen thousand yes, dollars on the weekend. 000, yes. That's and then seventy grand uh, for in the championship purse. Absolutely amazing. One of the things we talked about going in as well, David, was the battle for the Geo Cup, which is the team championship of the, U uh, the USPKS program. How did that end up shaking down? 
Well, Rollison Performance Group really stood out uh, at the finale and all season long was able to secure that uh, that team championship that includes counting the top three finishers in each category for each round throughout the season. And uh, we'll have a little bit of a breakdown on that. But uh, congratulations to uh, Mike Rollison and the entire Rollison Performance Group on winning uh, this year's Geo Cup. That's impressive. David, let's look at the Constructors' Championship. Uh, looks like uh, six different brands, brand names, getting uh, race wins. Four, four actually. I kind of, yeah, I did I did a little something funny on the on the script here. So right. we have four different brands winning victories uh, on the on the weekend. Cosmic earning six victories, Tony Kart with four, Red Speed with two, and then Nitro Kart with two. Uh, and then we look at the championships. We have one championship for Cosmic in the X30 Pro with Ryan Norbert. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Tony Kart earning three championships. K100 Senior with Connor Zillage. Jeremy Fletcher earning both junior championships aboard the Tony Kart in X30 Junior and K100 Junior. Uh, Keelan Harvick earning the micro uh, swift title aboard the Nitro Kart. Enzo Vidmontien on the Benick. And then Scott Kopp with the Xpre with Team FMS and X30 Masters. So six brands in total getting uh, getting the titles and race wins. That's pretty solid. Good weekend. I like it. Uh, yeah. your, thought, your thoughts on that? Obviously, OTK pretty strong on the USPKS program. Well, I think they were... I think this weekend is where they really stood out throughout much of the year. It was probably anywhere between six to eight different brands were winning. Uh, but yeah, Tony OTK certainly uh, shined throughout the weekend at GoPro. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's wrap things up with a look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented by OTK USA. Here's uh, here's the, the line. Uh, all over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpreet chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpreet, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. All right, David, normally in our our trackside live race calendar, we're giving, you know, a couple next two or three events. To cap off 2021, only one more race to go. December 1st to the 5th, you and I head back to Las Vegas. It's been a year off, but it'll be great to get back to the Rio for the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. Yeah, there was a lot of talk this past week. And, hey, what, have you heard anything on entry list? You know, what's what's the word? Who's going to be there? You know, I think a lot of people are, are really gearing up for this event. You know, we've... we've We've seen the, uh, the the schedule already uh, finalized. We got uh, multiple categories opened up to the uh, the eighty eight drivers. Yep. Uh, we'll have the two shifter categories that sh- certainly should be exciting. Uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, you know as we get closer to December, we'll we'll probably start getting uh, more involved with the entry list and start getting our previews ready. Of course, we'll probably be doing some outlap podcasts, possibly you know. One, two, maybe three. Well, I don't. That's still up in the air. We'll see what. There's, uh, yeah, what we there, can... there's more content to happen for sure. I think it's gonna be so. Big, right? uh, yeah, yeah, it's like it's exciting, and then uh, you know we'll you know hopefully come back with our our live debriefs each night uh, at the bar, uh, <laughs> depending on you know what the what the mask rules are going to be because it'll be a little bit harder to do that uh, with masks. So we might have to do it trackside. Uh, that's well, going to be something dude, we'll have to look at. We will need a, we'll need a heater. 
if we're doing that. If, we're, gonna... if we're doing trackside, yeah. Oh we'll, my God, we'll, it's have be, do, yeah. we'll have to get we'll have to get a heater. I mean, <laughs> even though we're both from the northern hemisphere, it's it does get a little cool. It gets a little chilly in the desert of Las Vegas. Well, folks, that's our that will be our last race of the year uh, for the Ecan Trackside Live program for 2021. Obviously, lining up things up for next year already. Uh, starting in January, of course, we'll have the Supercarts USA Winter Series, the Challenge of the Americas, and then we get right back into it. Looking forward to it. But David, with one more race to go, it's been a great one. How about just your final words on covering the entire USPKS this year with record numbers? It was obviously so much excitement, so much great competition throughout the entire season. Yeah, I, I mean that that pretty much sums it up. You know, just just the amount of numbers that we had throughout the season uh, certainly showed that uh, you know the program that Mark Coates and all his team have been able to put together are one that people want to go to, one that people want to race at. Uh, the, the racing was phenomenal all season long, you know, aside from some of the, uh, aggression we saw this past weekend overall, it was, it was safe. It was fun. It was clean. Uh, you know, lots, lots to build on still, you know, with, uh, you know, the move to Orlando cart center. So we'll see, you know, how that moves. And of course, you know, the, the second event still up in the air. We're not sure yet. We have some leads. We have some ideas of where they're going. Uh, but it could possibly be another new racetrack as well, too. So uh, lots of new and exciting things coming up for the uh, USPKS in 2022. And hey, that's less than five months away. March 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th at Orlando Karting Center, the opening round of 2022. Uh, we'll see whether or not the USPKS can go even higher, set even bigger numbers, because where they are right now, a really solid sweet spot, uh, a really good place for USPKS. Kudos to Mark uh, Coates and everybody, a part of that program, Tim Coy, and all the, everybody that makes that series what it is. It really has provided a strong foundation of national-level racing uh, on the East Coast of the United States. Big thank you to them as well for allowing EKN to be there with our Trackside Live program. I know David loves being there. Big thank you to Tim Coyne and, of course, Xander Clemens this past weekend for being on the mic and being part of the EKN Radio Network. We appreciate it. We love being part of the action and look forward to doing it again in 2022. Folks, that's it for the final debrief of this year's USPKS program. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. Bye for now.